Listening to the Grand Old Podcast. Yes, we have made it to episode 10 somehow, and here's hoping we can go from strength to strength from here on, starting with today's show. Joining me, Hamish Carton, as usual, are Paul Fisher. Hello, Paul. Good evening, Hamish. How are we? Very well. And John McGinley. Hello, John. Hello, hello. Well, I assume, well, that's a bad way to start a Celtic podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, off for today. Yeah, we'll just stick me. with Paul. Thanks. See you later, John. No worries. <laughs> On today's show, we'll be chatting about the thrilling victory over St. Johnson on Sunday, rolling through the rest of the Celtic news from the past week, and then moving on to today's theme, which happens to be cult heroes. Yes, that should be exciting when we come to it. More on that later on. So, Paul, another victory today, but we had to work hard for it. It was, it was, it was a weird one, wasn't it? Um, an early goal settled the nerves. I, I had a bit, of, a bit of a bad feeling about the game, thinking. St Johnston, they're difficult last week when we played them and Perth's a really difficult place to go so I thought they could maybe kind of sneak a draw at the game and we went 1-0 up, I thought oh, a bit relaxed a wee, wee bit, we're doing alright here and then all of a sudden you're 2-1 you're down at the break and you're panicking slightly but um, I don't know, it was just uh, instinctive substitutions from, from the gaffer and um, a wee bit of luck with the penalty but Apart from that, I think we, we deserved it after the, after the 60th minute. I think Celtic kind of steamrolled it. St Johnston just switched off and the, the goals were just were second to none, different class really. Yeah, a few numbers for you, John. 28 games unbeaten, mm-hmm. 27 points clear of Aberdeen and five goals today. Yeah, that's it's perfect, isn't it? What, what a time to be a Celtic supporter. <laughs> um, I, I genuinely can't think of another time that was as good apart from Martin O'Neill. I know we've said that in the past, but... Um, I mean that fifth, the fifth goal um, was maybe it's in the top five Celtic goals I've ever seen. I think. Uh, yeah. Every player touched the ball, uh, went from front to back, back to front, um, from right to left, left to right, and then Lustig was the the catalyst for that goal. Um, coming in, coming in from the right hand side, drifting past the the eighteen yard line, um, <laughs> going going round the back of Dembele, in behind the defender. And that Rabona, I've never seen a useful Rabona before. It's always been. <laughs> I don't like, think I've ever seen a Celtic player doing a Rabona before. Um, well, M- Morton Weekhorst did it, I think. Uh, uh, before that. I was born, probably. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, and he set up uh, a goal in the nineties, but I think that's the first one since then I, I can remember anyway. Um, and didn't just do it to showboat. It was like that was the best way to to set up McGregor. So. <laughs> um, and then his little back heel to Dembele. I mean, it doesn't really get goals. Don't really get better than that. I'm not really a fan of these, you know, these passing move team goals. But that was a step beyond anything I've I've seen for a while. Uh, just yeah, perfect. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely incredible. It was a it was a really strange game though because we got that early goal and you were just mm. thinking this is just going to be like it was in Perth earlier on in the season. And then somehow, just as the, the first half went on, Paul St. Johnson seemed to grow in confidence. They're a good team. 
and we seemed to be kind of misplacing passes and it just seemed to be going just a little bit um, not pear shaped but going a little bit the wrong way I know I, I get what you mean it was like we we were talking about it kind of during the game talking back and forwards and said that they were coming into it more they they got a wee bit of confidence and it seemed like kind of towards the end of the first half they were the better team Celtic were, were more on the, the counter attack you could see the way we, Roberts, yeah. Mackay, Steve and, mm. um, and Sinclair going up it was always kind of through the middle they seemed to have openings where St Johnston and Tommy Wright maybe getting them to push up the park knew they had a wee bit of of the play um, without creating a, a hell of a lot of chances but they seemed to down their left Lustig I don't know if maybe was slightly exposed at some points I don't know yeah. if Svichenko should have been coming over more towards the right hand side and it kinda, it could have been worse you know but then the, obviously the two goals coming from uh, headers one for one for uh, Boyata but um, the less about that the, the um, we should say because he's he's, <laughs> he's been playing really well and it was just unfortunate it's, I think it's, his finishing's top class so you can't, <laughs> you can't take that away from him we no. should probably bring out the Ian Crocker friend of Gigpod stat um, <laughs> that was in his, his last four games against St Johnson. He's now scored two in the right end, um, yeah. the St Johnson net, and also two own goals into the Celtic net as well. So I mean, it's a hell of a record he's got against the Saints. The first half was was a bit of a struggle, but I think I kind of expected that in the sense that um, Tommy Light always has his team in our, in our face um, right from the start especially when we go to Perth it's never that easy there I feel like they always score against us there so I knew we were going to have to score a few today to get the victory and at half time I, I wasn't really panicking too much I knew that we were going to come out and just absolutely dominate them which is just this kind of trust that I've got in Brendan Rodgers' team now yeah. I've, ne- I've never seen a, a Brendan Rodgers' team not finish a game well um, mm. almost every game that we play uh, we come into it uh, in the last 20 minutes uh, in a way much stronger than the opposition and it's partly to do, it must be to do with fitness I mean that's uh, that's the way Rodgers uh, explains it um, it must be to do with fitness but also the opposition team chasing the game for so long and they must mm, just I mean I think hard. I think Derek McInnes made the point in midweek um, and he said yeah. that it's very easy when you go behind at Celtic Park or, or at home to Celtic that when you go behind you have to chase the game and that's when Celtic at their very best when we saw what happened with Hearts uh, last mm. Sunday the same happened today it's a very kind of interesting point um, that we seem to come on so strong I'd love to know the stats about like the mm. the last third of matches how are kind of goals for and goals against because it must be massively uh, in favour well, of Celtic I think you, you know Christian Wolf on, on Twitter the, the Norwegian journalist um, yes. who also does stuff for 90 Minute Cynic I think he had a stat up on his Twitter account last week um, that we had a goal the highest goal difference we had is in the last 15 minutes of the game or the last 20 minutes of the game um, mm. well, I'll probably try and retweet that um, once the podcast goes out just so people can see um, or he might update it but that, that's definitely the case that we're, we're scoring most of our goals and conceding fewer goals in, in the last mm. uh, part of the game than any other part of the game Yeah, I think another point in St Johnson is the fact I think they're, they're quite different to a lot of other teams in the league and that they've got a lot of players who get in between our, or any team they play is midfield and defence I mean players like Watherspoon and Swanson are like really clever footballers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, you, you look at the rest of the teams in the league even teams like Aberdeen they've not got many players who will get in those gaps so I think that's maybe sometimes why we struggle so much against St Johnson but I mean without labouring on the point too much Paul the big possible turning point it happens early on in the second half, right after Dembele's just been brought on and we get a, a penalty kick from Tate Thompson. <laughs> and uh, let's be honest, Paul, it wasn't a penalty kick. 
No, you seen after the match when Brendan Rodgers was talking to the media, he was like, he was quite open to say, yeah. it's not a penalty. Um, when it goes again, when one of them goes against you, you're annoyed and you try and come back from it. And when it goes for you, you can't really do anything about it. You have to accept it and take it from there. And it does change the game because yeah. at two at two one, and if it goes for another ten fifteen minutes, you start to wonder whether we'll get this goal. But at two two. This the way the Celtic team play. You're expecting them to go on and score three, four, and five goals when yeah. they're in a bit of an ascendancy and with Dembele coming on and scoring with his first touch, he just knew there was something that he could do to change the game. The coming back from injury, not played for a, a few weeks, and he he was desperate to come on. You could see that he was really wanting to get involved with the player, yeah. and then he scores the penalty, and then obviously the rest is history. Just he pops up with a Twenty-five minute hat trick, which was absolutely superb. It's, it's a fair point, but you know the, the the penalty decision was an absolute disgrace. But I don't think there was going to be anything stopping Dembele coming on and doing what he mm. did today. I think all well, that all that kind of adulation or, or the chatter around the the transfer stuff has really motivated him again to to put in some good performances mm. for the fans again. Um, you, we saw the stuff with. I don't think we've had a podcast since the transfer deadline day, no. and you know that Wolf of Wall Street. Um, tweeting stuff like he was I know he's got a social media manager and stuff probably but that, that kind of just it set the tone for his second half of the season for us he's going to try everything to to put in performances like that and he was absolutely outstanding um, possibly his best performance well the Ibrox performance was good but his best performance since the 5-1 game um, just fantastic yeah, I think um, to use a, a Mark Warburton way of thinking, um, even if we hadn't scored that penalty, it would probably have won 4-2. So <laughs> um, you, you can look at it that way. The yeah. other thing I'd bring up is, I don't know if you guys remember a certain Michael Dubery handball at McDermott mm, Park do, about, yeah. must be close to 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, maybe it's certainly six or seven seasons. Yeah. Um, I think Neil Lennon was quoted after the match saying he only used both his hands. <laughs> um, so that was, I, they talk about things even themselves out. That was one that immediately sprung to my mind I think yeah. it was even in the, in the same box in the same area of the box um, right, yeah. so that was uh, that just made me think of that as well it's an interesting point Paul because you talk about teams getting opportunities and the amount of decisions that have gone against us in the past but good mm-hmm. teams will take every opportunity they're given even if they are um, wrong decisions well that's it as well but you need to look at it a way that the way that I look at it is if, if you're Celtic you've got so many these chances there's going to be bad decisions against you because mm. you're in a team's box, you're in their half, you're pounding them all the time because we, we, we're, be- we, we're better than the rest of the teams in Scotland. So automatically you think, oh, we're going to have more possession, we're going to have more chances. And then I think for me that just just competes completely, like you're automatically going to get bad decisions. And we got a good one today. Like, don't you know, you're, you're not going to sit back and go, I know you know that's referee. You've made a mistake. Like you have to take, <laughs> you have to take it when when it comes, and everybody will be like, "There's all this uh, honest mistakes and all that kind of part." I, I kind of get on board with, it. and I think Craig Thompson has done a, a Craig Thompson, and it's you, you can maybe see where, where, he's, where he's positioned and the way that the the, the, the defender turns round. It's hard at full speed to to judge that. We're watching it back with six and seven yeah. replays from different angles. You can clearly but see that it's not to, a, a To be a fair, I, I said it was never a penalty. Like I said in our, our group chat, like that was mm-hmm. before seeing the replay, that was never yeah. a penalty. Um, it seemed obvious to me. Obviously, the TV camera angles are, are different, but 
Um, it just seemed so clear cut that it wasn't a penalty to me. His hand mm. wasn't away from his body. He didn't put his hand towards the ball. There was never. It was never a chance of being deliberate. Never mind the fact that it hit his hip first. So, just a, a disgraceful decision. If that was against us, could you imagine the the fallout from that? It would be um, immense. And yeah, yeah. Um, you. I mean, we Celtic fans are the first to complain about bad decisions that go against them. So we've got to hold our hands up here and just. Feel feel a wee bit sorry for St Johnston. Um, yeah, I, I saw one of the, the Celtic Twitter pages. Forgive me, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they, they made that that famous old saying of "If you're good enough, the referee doesn't matter." Mm, and sometimes yeah. it can actually apply to what happened today and the fact that we were that good. That let's be honest, I know it gave us a route back into the game, but I yeah. think we we're winning that game anyway. We certainly weren't going to lose that game. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll cut that chat there uh, and we'll focus on on the good Celtic stuff. Um, what about the importance of having a focal point, John? Then because we played a, the last few yeah. games without a striker, Dembele comes back, and it's probably no coincidence that the goals started flowing when oh. we had a striker. We just look completely like just the way that he he, he drops deep and, and pulls defenders around is just something that was has been really missing from the last few performances. And I, I know we played well against against Hearts, but they don't travel well, and um, that they've got deficiencies of their own. I thought it was a, a lot more obvious uh, in the match against Aberdeen um, that they were really missing a striker, and that was a bit of a worry before Dembele came on again. Yeah, maybe if Dembele wasn't fit today, but that wouldn't have been a match that we won. I think Dembele made all the difference, and having that centre point coming through the middle with the creative players around him running off him, he's he's not just a finisher. He's he's got the intelligence and the technical ability to to pick out passes. Um, we saw that when he threaded the ball through to uh, Lustig, but he's also got that killer instinct where as soon as he he, he passed that to Lustig, he was co- he was right, I'm going into the middle of the, the penalty area and I'm going to get on the end of wh- wherever this ball ends up. And we've been hu- badly missing that. We've had Scott Sinclair and he has he has that similar ability in terms of finding teammates, but he doesn't have that natural instinct to get into the, yeah. the, the middle of the penalty area and be there to finish off what, whatever chances mm-hmm. come his way. Yeah, no, having Dembele back was brilliant. I think I, without, um, without going on too much, I think I brought it up in the group chat, said Dembele would win the game when he came on, and he certainly did. It was brilliant to have him back. Uh, other players you maybe want to touch on, Paul, I've got, I've got Kieran Tierney written down here, and it, it just... Uh, it seems the easy thing to do every week is just to say, oh, what else can you say about Kieran Tierney? He's brilliant every week. But for me, you just need to keep praising the guy because I thought he was absolutely excellent. You've got to remember that little be turn he does for the, the penalty kick that we shouldn't have had but we got is absolutely brilliant. He was a constant menace down that left-hand side. Um, he's just such a consistent performer and he's actually much quicker than I ever gave him credit for. I He seems to... Like, I think apart from Barcelona that he's not had a bad game like, but he's not even had a, a, a normal game every time yeah, he plays he just seems to be <laughs> head and shoulders Like he, I know he's an 8 Dem- out of 10 every week I, he's I know Dembe- Dembele comes on and, and gets the man of the match for a, t- a half an hour cameo but um, players like Tierney play and, and when when we are when we go 2-1 down and they're on a wee bit in ascendancy and you need to dig in he's the kind of guy that's there and you've seen him coming across um, when Boyata and, and Svitchenko were maybe Boyata's head moving down for about 10-15 minutes after the own goal and he was coming across he was sweeping stuff up he was getting rid of the ball 
and then he, his attacking play is just unbelievable. He's he's running down the wing. The way he cuts inside and he got it. I don't know if if opposition managers and players are going to get caught on to it soon, but he, he seems to run to about a, a foot away from the byline and cuts it yeah. back. And if it just flat foots a defender all the time, yeah. and how it's have they so not simple. caught onto this? Like, uh, how uh, have the opposition managers not caught onto this? Because it's like every single game, it's just, it's. See if you just look at Tierney right now, <laughs> you can picture in your mind that he gets his, he's one and one, he gets his head down, he takes one big touch, yeah. he's quick, and then he just cuts it back and there's either it was Henderson today, there's either Henderson or Dembele or Sinclair or Roberts is always standing there. It's such a simple play, but it's just so effective. That, that that's the way he is though, he is old school. Like you you wouldn't be wrong in saying that he he would he could fit into any any team going back, maybe 20, 30 years because the style he plays is just so natural. It's no any messing about, it's no trying to trick trick these defenders. He's just a natural born talent and what he does is so simple but so effective at the same time. And it's just like there's no there's no praise high enough for him. He's just constantly Turning yeah. out great performance after great performance, and without him, when he when he wasn't there, he's a good to come in, but it's just not the same level of wow going down the left wing when when he's not there. Yeah, and I think the the key point is that um, you you mentioned when he was kind of uh, covering for um, Sviechenko on on Bayat in the first half, and it's all about responsibility. He takes the responsibility of playing for Celtic very seriously, mm-hmm. and he's one of those players that's going to be always going to be willing to step up and. And do and and tries hardest when he notices his teammates maybe struggling a wee bit. He's he's going to be there to to help them out and yeah, fantastic to see. Yeah, another youngster that that played today as well, Liam Henderson. He started the game. He scored the the first goal and he was he was pretty impressive throughout. John, um, he's always been a, a tidy player on the ball, but I've noticed him since he came back to us from from Hibs and uh, you know. Progressing under Brendan Rodgers, he's he's a lot more of a physical player now. I don't know if he's bulking up because he's getting that bit older, or he's putting in an extra work in the gym, or or whatever. Um, but he's he's got this kind of physical edge to his game now. He's, he looks uh, stronger, uh, fitter, um, and a lot of people have said that you know he maybe doesn't have the the pace to to be an effective Celtic player. But I think the the, the position he's been playing recently, I don't think that really matters because uh, he's he's got. The awareness to find teammates. He's got that kind of Tom Rogic element to his play, uh, where he's he's constantly finding his teammates and has the the technical ability to to play any pass. Really, uh, I thought he was superb today. He was he took his goal really well, um, and it's encouraging to see that he's progressing and that um, Rogers was correct in not sending him out on loan because I think he's going to get a few more games for us this season, and I think that's going to be a huge benefit. There was a time where it kind of looked like that he wasn't going to make it for us, but mm. I'm just I'm delighted to see that 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 seems like a thing of the past now, and you you would put money on him um, being a regular for us for you know say over the next twelve months. He's only twenty years old. Mm-hmm. He's won a Norwegian league title. You've got to remember, <laughs> he's won a Norwegian cup with Rosenberg mm-hmm. he's won the Scottish Cup with Hibs which yeah. is just probably the greatest he, achievement in football he did, he, his, his he experience did, is amazing yeah and he, did, he didn't just win the Cup with Hibs like he won it for them really yeah um, his set piece delivery that day was fantastic he, I think he came off the bench and did the, the thing that every Hibs fan has ever dreamed for for their entire life um, and he was the player to do it he'll always be a legend there so yeah, you're spot on there. He's he's achieving in the game and he's learning all the time. And under Brendan Rodgers, it's that's just he's in the perfect place right now. Um, yeah, yeah, great. 
And I also love Dean Crocker's Henderson to deliver as well today. Yeah. That is quite nice. <laughs> I quite like that one. Uh, what about Brendan Rodgers then, Paul? Because the three subs today, uh, well, two of them certainly, Dembele and McGregor, both important to the victory today. I think McGregor actually had quite a big role in the, in the win today um, when he replaced... Henderson actually came on for Henderson twenty minutes to mm. go. But I mean Brendan Rogers he just um he just knows football and he knows how to win matches and he knows how to come back in games where we're struggling. I you mentioned Callum McGregor, I thought I seen a lot of folk praising him and saying that like, he's the silent assassin and he's he's, he's there and he's doing a job. And, like, the silent and assassin, I, that's quite nickname. I, I I see that I was like and I, I I get exactly what it means because he goes about the business quietly but he defends attacks, he is in the midfield, he's finding space or he's finding a pass, and he, when he came on, he was fresh. Today. Like a lot of folk were saying, Henderson, well, why are they taking Henderson off? And um, he he's had a great game, and I would completely agree with that as well. But maybe Henderson just maybe just doesn't have ninety minutes in him just yet. I think he's not played enough games this season to be a constant um, an engine in the middle of the park. He's he's not a uh, hundred. I wouldn't say he's a hundred percent match fit, but I think he, he's got a, a sixty minutes, and he's got a half an hour off the bench. And McGregor just he was full of running when he came on today, and it yeah. just showed that it, it's a perfect sub because Henderson maybe go for another ten minutes and starts to flag slightly, makes a couple of mistakes, and he could get punished. Yeah. But you bring McGregor on, he sweeps everything up, does absolutely nothing wrong. I don't think in he's what was it twenty five minutes he was on the pitch. And ladies, obviously the yeah. other sub Dumbelli. Um, the less mentioned about Chifchi, um, and we just we'll, we'll I was dying. I was dying for Chifchi to score. Um, <laughs> just sheer arrogance from Brendan Rodgers bringing on Nadia Chifchi. <laughs> was that <laughs> just ripping, ripping the pitch out of Scottish football? <laughs> bringing him on? I don't know. Maybe maybe Chifchi is there now. He's fixed to half the team. Maybe Nadia Chifchi is his next project. Yeah, and he's fixed by Atta, <laughs> but apart from the own goal. Uh, you know, he's fixed Stuart Armstrong he's bringing uh, Liam Henderson on maybe maybe Nadia Chifchi is the, the next one maybe it's the year of Chifchi nah, the second, <laughs> per, second uh, <laughs> game of the season I don't see it somehow I think he was just he had nobody else to bring on I think he's just in the wind up he's like, ah, the game's by we'll give him a run yeah. out and see if we can sell him yeah, well, McGregor came on certainly at two-two. So I mean, McGregor had a massive say in that victory as mm. well. That was Celtic five, St. Johnson two. Anything else to add from that game, guys? Final thoughts? Uh, no, just you know, we, we keep talking about the, the unbeaten streak and stuff, but uh, that was a, that was a really tricky one today. I think Paul will tell you that he. I'm sure he said on the, the podcast a few weeks ago that um, if we were to lose a game this season, it was probably going to come in Perth and. Um, to overcome that obstacle is massive um, uh-huh. to keep this streak going and we've got the chance to go through in the Scottish Cup next week and uh, I can't wait Yeah, the only thing I was going to say was the the key players today um, you had Henderson so young Dembele mm-hmm. uh, Tierney and, and Paddy Roberts was, was outstanding oh, I thought yeah, I mean, yeah Roberts was really good today I thought um, maybe should single him out for praise I thought he looked the most effective he has done for us uh, for a while I thought uh, constantly a threat and constantly you know just as, as trickery is immense but his movement is incredible too and his speed he's as I think he's as quick as Sinclair possibly um, mm-hmm. very very good performance and the only other thing I, I, I noticed and it's not like me to, to do this but Scott Brown was kind of bang average today um, mm. he had an off day few misplaced passes it doesn't happen very often for him and I don't know if it was Beaton's Beaton wasn't up to the standard he had been the last three weeks I don't know if that kind of brought into him but maybe the St Johnston defence being right on top of the two of them but um, 
Henderson and I think dug the both of them out of hole slightly so it's good to see the youngsters coming through more than anything for me yeah and if you're wanting to laugh go on Tam Scobie's Twitter because that was funny hey, him replying <laughs> to Tam McManus that's a good laugh um, Ryan Christie scored for Aberdeen yesterday John. yeah yeah, that's good I mean we, we talked last week and we were, we were sceptical about his move but if he's going to be scoring goals for them then fair enough like I've got no problem with that at all um, not even just because it pits them pits them second I actually I'm not I'm not too fussed about the the battle for second as as they, <laughs> they're hyping it up as, but just to see to see Christie doing well is is always going to make me happy. So yeah, I was d- delighted to see him get a score sheet. Yeah, victory for Aberdeen yesterday against Partick Thistle. They are up into second, got a game in hand on Rangers as well. Um, some of the other news it was about Lee Griffiths has been a, a, some kind of murmurings mm. yeah. this week that um, certainly Brendan Rodgers, if you've I'm sure a lot of the listeners will have heard his interview, um, quite critical of Griffiths but in a typically Brendan Rodgers yeah. way um, but it is clear that he, he's not 100% happy with what he's seen from Griffiths in training. Yeah. yeah and I think there's possibly been a bit of a misunderstanding I think this has grown uh, arms and legs I think there's been there's some sort of there's conspiracy theories going on around message boards and Twitter and stuff that Lee Griffiths isn't actually injured but he is injured I think and mm-hmm. um, Rodgers said in his press conference before the game that He'd only returned to light training this week, and that's why he didn't play. The same as Stuart Armstrong and even Dembele, although he made it onto the bench. But um, this idea that he's not playing because he's fallen out with Rodgers and stuff, I think I think that's actually nonsense. Um, and the stuff that Rodgers was saying last week was to do with his injury. He was asked about the injury, um, and the reason that he keeps picking up silly injuries, I think, is because he's not doing the, work, the hard work to, to keep himself fit and, and keep his body to the strength required and the demands that Rodgers puts under them. So there is there is an issue there in terms of Rodgers isn't feeling like Lee Griffiths has got the... is, is playing to the best of his ability, but it doesn't go beyond that. I don't think there's been any great fallout here. As, as far as, far as in, well, what I'm seeing in the press, anyway, Rodgers was quick to praise him in his, his post-match interviews, saying that Lee Griffiths has got a big feature at Celtic still and it's just about um, making him the best player he can be so a lot of you know you know when this happens the same thing happened with Chris Commons with it's just a lot of gossip a lot of chatter a lot of sweet wives thinking that they yeah. they've heard some story etc etc and I, I don't know how true that is and I, I wouldn't like for us to comment on it to be honest but going from the public statements it seems to be Griffiths isn't working as hard as he should be or or how hard enough um, to play in Rogers' team right now, but he is generally injured. And when he's fit again, I'm sure he'll be back on the bench or back starting. Um, I've got no doubt about that. What do you make of it, Paul? Yeah, I, I think the kind of similar view, viewpoint to John. I don't think there's any more to it. I think the comments slightly misconstrued that the way that the, the Griffiths is, is performing. Maybe I think he. Last year was used to being number one pick and the guy that could change the game and the guy who everybody looked up to and, and was scoring all the goals. Now with Dembele there, it's 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 a fight and all that kind of stuff and you're you're wanting to be number one striker. Obviously, if that's your striker, you want to score goals, you want to play games. And maybe the fact that he has had a couple of niggling injuries isn't helping the fact that he's not going to get a, a clear run of games. But don't forget, like he he had a, a good run at the start of the season. The, the qualifiers and he has scored um, he's in double figures for goals so um, yeah. he's not he's not had a, a terrible season by any matter of means and if he comes back in the next week or two 
and he's fighting fit. I, I don't see even if he gets half an hour, he's the kind of guy like Dembele who can come off the bench and yeah. score score a hat trick. You know what I mean? And he's, he, he's he's been setting up goals this season as well. He's not just scoring goals, and just this idea that Lee Griffiths isn't absolutely vital to Celtic seems quite ridiculous to me. And Brendan Rodgers will be the first to tell anyone that. It was, it was less than a year ago we were all celebrating his 40-goal season, which was the best striking performance of any striker outside of Henrik Larsson for over 30 years. So I think we just need to give him the benefit of the doubt here. He might not be put, putting in the work required or, or whatever, but I'm sure Rodgers knows what you're doing, and I know, I'm sure he knows that the criticism will probably fire Griffiths up to, to perform even better. We saw that when there was that supposed fallout with Ronnie Dyla. Um, Griffiths came back really well he came. He wasn't playing under Ronnie Dyla for a while and looked like his Celtic career was over Lee Griffiths is going to come back and he's going to score a lot of goal, a lot more goals from us for us he's going to reach 100 goals for us I'm, I'm almost certain of it If and when Moussa Dembele leaves Celtic will Lee Griffiths be seen by Brendan Rodgers as a number one striker or will he look to bring in another Dembele I, th- I, I, th- I think he's always going to be looking to, to bring Someone else in if 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 the right offer comes in for for Dembele say in the summer, and Griffiths is still here, then he's going to have to bring somebody else in. And I think the way that we work, you go young and you look for the talent that's 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 hidden there, and there there is the, obviously there is the talent because yeah he knows the the, the leagues down south and we we spoke about this at length and Chris Davis knows what he's talking about in terms of finding a talent and, and getting a good price and, and building them up and getting them into first team football but that's not to say that there's no somebody already in this the squad and the youngsters that Griffiths, eh, that Rogers and, and Davis could work with and and bring through so there's always going to be have to have to be somebody to fight for that place because yeah. we don't play 4-4-2 it's it's finished. It's dead and buried. It's not a a thing. We, the, these guys don't. I, mean, I think you can count the amount of times in one hand that the Griffiths and Dembele have started the game together, and it doesn't really work um, because that's not our system. Our system is like one striker, or has it been the last couple of weeks not really playing with a striker? So I think you get somebody in because you have to have that fight. Last season was different because we. We struggled to, to win games and stuff like that. And Griffiths was the only one that was doing it. And Commons done that a couple of years ago. We started a goal season as well. Um, I think you need two because I think you need if you have two guys who are scoring goals and are desperate to play, then it only makes them each other better. Yeah, and I think that the ideal situation for that, we need a player like Griffiths who's going to be a constant, and I hope he stays at the club for for years. Um, we need someone there that's always going to be there and is going to be a steady hand when there is these transitions between uh, players who come and we sell them on. Uh, it would be great. And I think having two uh, like the, so, like elite strikers and then having like a backup that's better than Chif J is ideal for us. Uh, yeah. But what do you make of all the, the Griffith stuff, Hamish? Never really got your thoughts on that. I, I think it is. I think a lot of it is gone out of proportion in terms of is the kind of that Griffiths is unsettled and he's unhappy that that Moussa Dembele is the number one striker. I think everyone knows that Moussa Dembele is the number one option under Brendan Rodgers. That yeah. much is clear. Um, I think Brendan Rodgers. I completely agree. Still thinks there's a massive place for Lee Griffiths at the at, yeah. at the club. I just think when I'm asking that question a minute ago, I think that, that Brendan Rodgers would like to replace Dembele as a number one striker if if and when Dembele goes I don't think he would I don't think he'd be scared to put Griffiths into a big game he's shown that in the past but I think he would prefer to have 
a so-called world-class striker up top um, and Griffiths on the bench to come on perhaps Griffiths is fine for the league I've still got doubts about Lee Griffiths um, in Europe so I think Brendan Rodgers would like and would probably sign another top-class striker if and when Dembele goes that's my opinion on it but I mean Lee Griffiths as you say last season our best player um, whatever you said the stat was 30 odd years apart from Henrik Larsson incredible I just sometimes think that Lee Griffiths in, in the big games um, can be just a little bit too passive for my liking. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion with the listeners, but uh, I would certainly, if and when Dembele goes, I would seek, like Brendan Rodgers will, I think, to bring in a number one striker again. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, um, I'll get your, your thoughts, Paul, because Effie Ambrose is away. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's, it's too raw for me. It's too raw. No. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk come more back about that next week. I think we yeah. need to have an intervention here and, and get Paul to admit <laughs> that Effie Ambrose was absolutely rotten. Mm, maybe that's during today's show. We'll maybe, soon find out. Um, because the topic is cult heroes. John, I'll pass over to you uh, to yeah. explain the, the theme. Yeah, so we asked last week for people to send in stuff they want us to talk about, and th- thankfully someone did. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it was you and, you and Davidson again. He sent us a message um, just suggesting us to talk about players that really weren't very good for Celtic but that we loved anyway um, and then once we started thinking of it and with the FA Ambrose move um, it kind of got the ball rolling on us thinking about lots of these different players that were probably a bit rubbish for Celtic but we had a kind of uh, we were enamoured with them anyway and enjoyed their time at Celtic so that's what that's what we're, this is all about um, and the criteria for this is just they have to be pretty bad players. It can't be a player who was pretty good for us or achieved a lot with us or or did something special for us. It has to be someone who was pretty garbage. Um, and the idea around this is we're going to build an 11 here, I think, um, which will be the best and worst Celtic team of all time. <laughs> and we're, we're going to try and work out where they'd finish in the Scottish Premiership this season. <laughs> OK, OK. Probably, probably second or something like that. Uh, we'll go to you first then, Paul. I want you your favourite um, your favourite ever kind of cult hero the player you loved please don't say Effie Ambrose right okay I won't um, there's so many uh, it's weird because it always seems to be like two or three a season that we sign and you think oh you don't know much about them they come in and then they're just no very good and they play a handful of games and then they move on I, I don't know there's, there's, there's loads I think I don't know if it was maybe just a, a, a bit of a sellout one, but uh, Timu Puki, I, I think. <laughs> you loved uh, him. <laughs> I, I, I did, no, I really did. And I, I, I thought, like, when he signed and the way he started as well, like, he, his first game against Hearts, he scored. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, and I thought, oh, we've got a, a half decent player here. And <laughs> <laughs> he'd have done well to miss that one, to be fair, at Tynecastle. I, I know, I know. Well, that's the thing. Um, and. He's like he's one of these guys that he, before he came in, I thought, "Aye, he's going to be good." And I think ever since he's left, he's been really good as well. Um, it just it just didn't work, and I don't know if it was just in Scotland or the fact that he had to partner with Amido Baldin probably didn't help him very much either. Um, that that Timo Pukki is a good shout for this. Uh, he's really he was really passive. I know we were talking about Griffiths there, but he just never wanted to impact the game at all it's kind of like the game passed him by and he was just there to, <laughs> to he couldn't help but score when he did score um, 
Yeah, he's a good shout there. I was never a big fan of him. He kind of annoyed me the way that he would <laughs> yeah. do that. Um, I, I was the same. I mean, he played he played for us between 2013 and 2015. That was seven years after he started his career. And he scored 30 goals before he signed for us in his whole career in seven <laughs> years. I mean, he wasn't a goal scorer. And I, we wanted him to be a goal scorer. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think he was a kind of Gary Hooper replacement. Yeah, well, he's supposed to be, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and, and he yeah. just wasn't. He was a complete opposite of Gary Hooper. He wasn't hor- horrific. He wasn't horrific. He was he was kind of all right, but for the money we paid for him, uh, I think it was a, a couple of million, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Certainly undisclosed, but it was meant to be a couple of million. But it, it just didn't happen. But I get, I do get that kind of feeling. Right. That it was good enough, I think, to, to make you think that he, he could have been amazing for right. us. Lads, here, right, so Amido Baldi left us uh, <laughs> in 2015... Do you want to take a guess at how many teams he's played for since? Is it more than the goals he scored? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. uh, I think he's played for four. six. Four, that's four. Oh, um, that's he four. Played, he's played for Mets, he played for Maritimo, Benfica, Luanda, I'm not sure who they are. And then he moved to Maritimo, but yeah, <laughs> hasn't had a great time there, I don't think, because he's moved on loan to Tondela after two appearances and zero goals. Um, <laughs> dreadful player Paul what was the bet we were, when we worked together at Celtic what, what was the bet that we had between ourselves I think it was you and was it you and James that had the bet no it was, it was me and you was it um, me and you I, 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 rubbish. Um, I think we got to January um, was it during the, the 2013-14 season yeah. or 14-15 I can't remember I th- um, you know what it was got- I actually I'm remembering now you know what it was um, he scored that screamer uh, against the Turkish team. I can't remember which Turkish team, but it was an extreme. Ah, aye, that's He scored an absolute screamer, and I think he, I think maybe he scored as many as Pookie at that point or something. Mm-hmm. Um, aye, because that that was the bet they were on the same, and it was like yeah. we bet a tenner who who would have the most goals by the end of the season. And I quite had like a, a pretty much <laughs> spot on that it was going to be Pookie because Baldy was an awful football player. Oh, he's, uh, yeah, he was terrible. terrible. So, but I kind of had an affection for him because I kind of felt a wee bit sorry for him. He's like it wasn't his fault that he got signed. You know what I mean? He just ended up at Celtic for some reason. I don't know why because I think he had a poor scoring record as well. Um, yeah. yeah. No, no. His, his scoring record, poor, is an understatement, Paul. Um, he has scored, I'm just trying to count them up here. I think he scored 27 goals in about seven years. <laughs> it's absolutely horrendous. Three of them uh, were for Celtic. I just think any player that's got a middle name that's a swear word deserves just a, a massive, uh, massive affection among the Celtic support. I just remember that that goal at, at Kilmarnock that he scored. Like it just summed up his whole career. It was a horrible. And it was the same with the Partick Thistle goal. Like that was a good goal, but it was like such a bobbly finish. And he, he never. He, he was such an awkward footballer, but like. He, oh, he, was, he was incredible to watch absolutely he was a, he was a joy to watch because he was that bad but um, he won that game at Partick Thistle so I don't know I think winning a game against Partick Thistle isn't of a high enough standard to not to disqualify him from, from this list um, but I don't well, know if he's going to be we've got a lot of strikers here yeah um, well, do want to, we'll, co- we'll come on to the rest of them yeah. later on. Uh, I'll bring the mood right down um, <laughs> with, with a mention of for my um, my cult hero of all time at Celtic, um, Mo Kamara. Okay, 
Okay. Um, it's quite simple. It's because you know those moments when they just stick with you forever. Like yeah. in, in 15 years later or 12 years later it is and I still remember it vividly and I was young at the time it was an old firm game it was my first old firm game it was a 2-0 win it was one Sean Maloney scored the goal for about 40 yards past Stefan Kloss in the cup and and, and the ball comes over basically and and Mo Kamara who had had a terrible time he'd had a lot of criticism still early on in his career um, and he's got all the the pressure on him a massive atmosphere game the ball's kind of come over his shoulder he's got a player behind him and he could do anything he could panic he could head it into his own net past Boric he could just give away a corner but he does this brilliant chest back to Arthur <laughs> Boric just the calmest thing it was the most out of character thing ever because he was he was such a kind of fussy player and he would he would get kind of flustered and all that kind of stuff and it was just the calmest thing uh, I've ever I've ever seen in, in a game like that as well and it got like, I, think it, I think it got a standing ovation that night um, the other thing from Mo Kamara kind of bringing the tone down slightly um, and I remember hearing a, an affectionate story about um, some of the hard times he'd been through before he signed I mean I okay. think horrendous stuff I think he, he his brother was, was shot dead in his native country like right. six months prior to him signing for Celtic that kind of stuff always brought me affection towards him I always wanted okay. the guy to succeed he was an honest guy I think he wasn't great by any means he was probably terrible um, from what I remember but uh, that kind of affection always got me and that chest back against Rangers it is amazing um, yeah. <laughs> and th- that, that's why I've chosen Mokamara Right, well, I should choose mine here, and I'm not sure whether to choose one because of comedy value, because <laughs> there's a few. Um, immediately springs to mind as people like uh, Oliver Tebbley or Chad Uri. Um, <laughs> I think maybe I, I kind of had a soft spot for Chad Uri. Uh, Remember the goal against St. Johnson, the cross? That yeah, just yeah, and he was just, he just seemed like such a... a such a personality you remember those kind of I don't know if you remember these but he, he did the adverts with uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Key oh, in South amazing. Korea that are just unbelievable he's um, also got more followers than Rangers Football Club on Twitter <laughs> well that's the thing I think he's like a national icon over there um, and he, he, he I think he's had a decent career in Germany but for us he just looked like a bit of a bomb scare and um, <laughs> I actually remember because I was at I was at the, the Ryan away game um, mm. and you know when he passed it, passed it into the goal, and um, passed Fraser Forster, and I remember yeah. remember uh, being annoyed with him that night. I think that was the only time I was outright annoyed at him because I was over with my brother and and my dad, um, and it was our first European trip together, all, all three of us away, um, and we were in the the Ren end, and that was we had a great performance that night, and but that just moment of stupidity kind of marred it, but. Uh, He's a, a comedy option for me, but I always like Chaddery, um, despite despite his faults. I'm trying to think of other ones. I, I don't know if he takes my favourite. I think in in seriousness, I always enjoyed uh, Jos Hoyvelt's uh, kind of outlook on on playing for Celtic. I think he had a real passion for playing for us, but it just never quite worked out for him. And I always wanted him to succeed in yeah. a kind of similar way that I want Eric Svitchenko to succeed. But looks like a, a much more solid option for us. And then when he moved to Southampton, I was always uh, he did quite well for them, and I, I was always happy to see what he did with them. And I think he was a big part of the team that got promoted from the Championship, yeah, uh, alongside uh, Jose Fonte. So, yeah, I, I think I would choose Jos Oyvelt here as my favourite, as a kind of having a genuine affection for him, but also didn't have the greatest ability for us. 
Yeah. Well, we start building this team then. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I've stuck Hoyville in at centre-back. I've got Mo Kamara at left-back. Yeah, that's where we open for debate. And I've got Pookie up top. That's where we open for debate as well. We'll, we'll go to goalkeepers. Um, Magnus Hedman uh, is yeah. an option. I've yeah. also got Javier Sanchez-Broto written down yeah. there. What was the kind of thoughts regarding this one? Um, uh, Magnus Hedman had a good haircut, or a, a good bad haircut, I think. Um, <laughs> so that's the main thing I remember about him. Like he was a good, he was he was a good keeper. He was a Swedish international, but just never quite managed to to make the position his own. As but kind of always had a, a kind of affection for him. Um, and then Santos Sanchez Broto, it's one of you guys that um, likes him as well because of the way he had his name on his back of his shirt or something. Is that right? I, I did like that. It was yeah. kind of, it was written in the, the kind of however you call it the kind of semicircle type way of doing it, the curved way. Um, I, I remember him from going and seeing a Kilmarnock Livingston game what must have been away back in 2002 yeah. or something like that when I was really young and uh, I remember th- even then seeing it in the back of the shirt and he, had, he was quite a distinctive looking guy and he had like Javi Sanchez Broto well, or just he, Sanchez Broto written in his back and it was amazing he al- he also had great hair to be fair as well did he? Uh, yeah um, I remember that about him I'm not sure who to pick here it was hard to pick a goalkeeper because you don't really get um, goalkeepers who you either only get number ones or you, you get the kind of these people who come in for short spells so I wasn't quite sure who to pick here do you, do you have any memories of, of strange goalkeepers Paul? The, the, it's a weird one because maybe no, there's not that many um, yeah. it's like the last four or five years we've had like a steady, steady stream of, of keepers who would always like be playing and then there was the one guy would come in I don't know um, I think I think Broto is the one that kind of automatically springs to mind, um, but it's just I maybe know that there hasn't been any real cult heroes in terms of of, of goalies. I think, think uh, yeah, David Marshall. I think he was he's too good for this. Yeah, I, I think his Barcelona yeah. performances alone yeah, yeah. make him too good for that. I think I don't know if Logan Bay's kind of got that stage yet. <laughs> um, he when he, he he joined, he seems like a wee bit of charisma and a character and stuff like that, but. Like I think we all knew straight away he was never going to be that good, and <laughs> he was never going to get the number one jersey. But Broto, I think, because I think that there's there's a weird um, link there. I I, I think the, the way he played, and even though he never played that many games, but he signed from Livingston, and I always I always link him with, with with David Fernandez. The two of them kind of joining at the same time yeah. from from that that really really good Livingston team, and. But he's basically just signed for Celtic as as a backup goalie. Um, I think he, the way like his style and all that kind of stuff, like proper Spanish, like the 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 greasy slick back hair and, and stuff like that, and the the baggy. Um, he he always I always remember he wore the baggy shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's just a bit just a I bit th- of character. I think uh, we're missing an obvious one here, and I think this guy's going to take it. Um, and it's Lucas Luska. Ah, uh, yes. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yes. After Borch's pal. Um, definitely he's got to take this, I think. I, I, I always really liked him, and he was pretty rubbish for us, let's face it. Um, mm. Yeah, I think yeah, he takes this. Yeah. He played the 1-0 win over Rangers, a cup replay that Mark Wilson scored, mm, yeah. and uh, he made a really, really good save in that game um, yeah I think that's a really good shout actually I knew there was kind of one out there but just couldn't quite remember the other one I was wondering and he's 
given time, maybe a couple of years down the line, could be Doris De Vries. I mean, I got his signed yeah. from Player of the Year for Nottingham Forest in the Championship last season. Brought into the team, he's quite a likable guy. Um, he's he's got he's got a nice face, if you know yeah. what I mean. He's I got like he, a, a smiley face. Yeah, but uh, the, he's not been great. I think yeah, and I think the the contenders here could also be the signings you were excited for in the first week, that who turned out to be dreadful. Um, as well, I think that kind of qualifies some some of these people. I think Doris De Vries would be up there, although Craig Gordon, I think everyone had faith in him. But I think a lot of people thought, oh well, Brendan Rodgers has brought in this new keeper. Is he going to be amazing for us? Um, yeah, maybe in a couple of years. I don't, I don't think he's going to hang around uh, too long, though. Yeah, we'll put Zaluska down then if everyone's alright so. with that. I think yeah, so, I think yeah. so. Yeah. What about right back? I've got. Uh, a wealth of names here. Uh, I'll read out a few of the comments as well. Um, Chris Lynch is recommending Paul Telfer. He said, mm. just did a job with no fuss at all. Yeah. Ewan Henderson with Momo Sela probably been mentioned, but Momo Sela must be in contention. Other names, Rico Anone, David Hanna, Chad Uriah, you've mentioned John, yeah. John Joel Perry Dumbe, and uh, Mark yeah. Wilson. I think Perry Dumbe disqualifies himself because he scored a cup-winning goal. <laughs> um, although he wasn't great for us, maybe maybe that counts. And I'm not sure if we can put Mark Wilson in the same team as Lucas Zaluska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like Chad Uri here just because uh, that was one of my personal favourites. I don't know if you, uh, any of those stand out to you. Um, above, I think that the, the fact Chad Dury just smiled after scoring an own goal in a European <laughs> game is probably get him in that team. I don't know what I, you think, Paul. I don't. I don't. I think Chad Dury's is one of these guys. He just doesn't have another facial expression apart from a huge <laughs> smile. Um, anything goes wrong, just he's smiling, but inside he's dying. Like he's, he's brilliant. Like I, I love the character, and as John mentioned, see the the, the adverts with with Key. Oh, just unbelievable! Like a huge, big, massive star, and uh, back home is it South Korea, um, and it's just no, he wasn't that good. But what a character! Mm. And we've all, we've got Momo Mazzella here, but he played about ten positions for us. So if we need to, he, he was also look, pretty good. Was he? Yeah, not? yeah, it's fair enough. Um, yeah, so maybe disqualifies him actually. Um, I think Mark, Mark Wilson for me I know he's he's maybe not too liked a figure at the moment but among the Celtic support but as a player I get the kind of cult hero thing but Mark Wilson for me was too good as a footballer he was too consistent mm-hmm. to be to be considered in this team of bad players who we quite liked I think that's what we're kind of going for yeah, isn't yeah. It? I think Cha, I think, Cha certainly would come under that I think Enrico uh, Anone is a good shout here I think he played some games at centre-back but he mostly, mostly played on the right side of the fence um, obviously he will always be famous with Celtic sport because of that joke of oh no, no Anone on and on now um, I don't know if he gets it I remember him vividly from, from being a kid and stuff um, he was a bit of a bit of an icon and a kid's favourite I think you know you get some of these players sometimes who are garbage but kids for whatever reason just absolutely love them Um and he also had a lot of you know passion and commitment playing for Celtic, so he's a shout. But I'm still going back to Chad Dury here. Uh, I remember him in a charity game. I think it was maybe the Phil O'Donnell match, and just his his bald head just been been seen yeah. everywhere. And he was he was rock solid in that game. To be fair, I mean I know it's a few <laughs> years on. Um, yeah, Paul, Paul, you get anyone else? Um, I, I think I think it has to be Chad. Um, like it's it's one of these one of these ones where you you think about that position and. He just stands. He, he does stand out. I, I would say, but Dumbe. I know he won the won the cup, but like, what else did he do? Like, 
I, I get that you maybe disqualify him for winning the cup, but he done nothing else. Eh? It was like one thing in his whole career for us, and and fair enough. Like, what a thing to be remembered by. What, so, what about uh, yeah. what about Saidi Yanko? Oh God, no, um, no, he's he's not getting anywhere near this team. He's not a hero in anybody's book. Okay, fair enough. Right, so we've got chat right back, centre halves. I've, at the moment, I've got Jos Hoyville taking up one of the positions. Mm-hmm. However, he can be moved if we get a, a suitable suggestion. Certainly, Jos Hoyville was a suggestion from I. That will be right. Be bright. Sorry on um, on Twitter. He's saying I so wanted Jos Hoyville to be a winner for us. He got the club and the fans, but it didn't quite work out on the pitch. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think I think we've got to put F. A. Ambrose here. Uh, oh, F.A.F. and Ambrose F.A.F. and Ambrose um, Paul loves um, I I don't mind his antics either um, and his celebrations alone would be just absolutely qualifying here the picture of him on the, on the sack with the saxophone um, that's a good one too uh, yeah I think I think F.A. Ambrose should maybe be the captain of this team I don't know what you think about that <laughs> I was going to say later on like, we would need to come up with a captain but what <laughs> Like he's just for the last five years, he's just phenomenal. Like the the way that everybody treats him, like he, he's just a, a bit of a kind of a joke figure. Yeah. And the like the the pictures that do the rounds and the memes on social media, like yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I was going to bring up <laughs> everything's going to be okay. That meme, <laughs> I'm just his, his just smiling face. Effie Ambrose Valandor as well. I know that that pattern got a bit tired, <laughs> but you know at the start of all that, that was always a bit pretty amusing to me. Um, mm. Someone's wrote down on our sheet here uh, the way here, but I don't know. <laughs> I that don't that know. was me. Yeah, I don't I, know if um, I would agree with that because um, that performance at Clyde really annoyed me. Uh, playing oh. one half, getting substituted off. Uh, yeah, a very strange sign in. Um, we're going I, I, to do a podcast on strange sign ins, but that's up there with the, with the, worst, the worst of them. I, I, I remember that vividly, and I put it because what. Like there's there's nothing else like that in the, the, the like the last ten years I can think of someone who signed and like I think he came pretty we were kinda pretty excited about it now that like we've got a, a Chinese player coming in and he played with the Chinese national team and I think he'd been at the World Cup in two thousand two and he started this game absolutely awful and then never to be seen again. I think that's and- just amazing. Another shout here is uh, Rafael Scheidt um, from from Brazil. Uh, I don't know if you guys really remember the few. No, I don't. That. Um, no. But he had he had caps for Brazil, but I think it was during a time in Brazilian football that was quite corrupt. So um, these players were getting like three or four caps so they could be sold to clubs in Europe um, uh, for getting some kind of sale. That was the rumours in the papers and the fans at the time. I don't know how true that is now that I'm older, but. I remember that that being the case at the time, but I also remember I think it was Mark Burchell was on like off the ball or something a couple of years ago, and was asked the worst player that he's ever played with, and I, I'm sure he said him, and I'm sure he said <laughs> there was just they had one training session, and it was just obvious that he couldn't play football. <laughs> um, <laughs> so maybe he he's a contender here because people were like excited about him. I think I'm sure he cost three or four million pounds, which mm. um, back then was a lot a lot of money. Uh, so maybe he's a shout here. Um, someone who put down Raymond Vega here was that you, Paul? That, yeah, I, I just, just, I don't, I don't remember him that well. Um, mm. I know he was here for kind of half a season, um, but I just remember that he was another character. It was just like he seemed to be 
was never that great when he when he came here. I think he had a good career otherwise. Yeah, um, he's and got a great name as well. Aye, and like the way like he's he's just one of these guys that the picture you can just take a picture of him and it's just like you could it would be a hundred stories behind it. You know, he's and just he's such a like a, a cult hero. I think he's just like that's mm. one of the first names that I thought. Like, yeah. it's a weird one. I just, yeah. we've got Glenn Leuven's here as well, but he just he really annoys me. The, the the main memory I have of Glenn Leuven's is one that picture in the jumpers with Samaras, and two when he got absolutely ragdolled by Kenny Miller Ibrox. Um, so I can't have him there because of that oh. Kenny Miller thing because that was just so depressing. So I actually grew to hate him. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like Glenn Leuven's at all. Uh, to be to be totally honest with you, so he's not going in my team. Certainly, just just touching on Dewey again. I just I've just remembered like a, a brilliant story. I think it was it would be Ian Crocker would have. Um, would have brought it up with his debut for Clyde. The game he played before his debut for us against Clyde was for China um, in a qualifier for the Asian Cup, and they, they had to right. win the game thirteen <laughs> nil um, to qualify for for this Asian Asian Cup. This, this was in the qualifiers, right. and apparently they won the game twelve <laughs> nil, um, which was absolutely incredible. I just remember that that sticking out in my mind. So I don't know if if Dewey ever got over that, and that's probably why he was so Maybe, poor yeah. against Clyde. Maybe. I remember my dad somehow met him on a flight home from, from London uh, one night as well and he brought it and I, I've not still got it but he got Dewey to sign the wee, uh, wee piece of paper with his name on it and I, to this day I have no idea how my dad recognised this Chinese man um, who's going to sign for Celtic um, absolutely incredible so I'd I'd be tempted in, in those kind of memories to put Dewey in but I think he was just so bad um, yeah. he didn't even give us any joy Dewey. I mean he was playing against Clyde and he got absolutely <laughs> torn apart um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not putting Dewey in. I'm, I think Effie Ambrose is one hundred percent got to go in. Yeah, uh, in the team alongside Hoyvold, maybe. Yeah, and we must qualify all this as well. This is all obviously from our memories. So any players from the past that kind of people are probably screaming at the listening to the podcast right now, going, "Why don't they have this guy from the eighties or the nineties or the early nineties? We just we don't remember them, so we can't speak to them. So I think Hoyvold. And Ambrose here is good. You've got Adam Virgo as well that would puff down here, and he's he kind of he was garbage for us. Another strange signing, um, but also seemed to have an affinity for the club, and he's also in the telly right now. So um, there's that. But I think Ambrose and Hoyveld here. That's the deal for me. I yeah. think I think so. Thomas Ronya, no? Yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah. What about Josh, Josh Thompson? Thompson? Josh oh. Thompson, yeah. Hey, great minds. <laughs> yeah. Great minds. I always um, felt sorry for Josh Thompson because he got thrown in at the deep end by Tony Mowbray when he clearly wasn't ready uh, <laughs> and was pretty abysmal player. I don't think he's gotten any better. Uh, but he was only 17 or 18 at the time. There's no no uh, chance he should have been thrown in when yeah. Celtic are kind of going for the title of Rangers and we're throwing this boy in from the English lower leagues that just doesn't look like he has a clue so I did I did feel sorry for him but to, to this day he is the slowest player I have ever seen turning <laughs> I'm sure he's still out in that parkhead pitch turning because he yeah. was he was like he, they say what is it tankers turn slowly I mean yeah. Josh Thompson made, made them look fast um, he's now playing with Southport mm. uh, in England um, his career hasn't exactly gone for strength to strength since he left <laughs> Celtic he's played like two games for Portsmouth five for Colchester six for Tranmere um, uh, he, he's he's been round the clubs, none for Peterborough United and loan. So uh, Josh Thompson, I don't think he'll be anywhere near that England squad anytime soon. No. Um, yeah, we'll we'll go with Hoyville and Ambrose then. Yeah. What about a left back? 
Well, um, I think left back here is, is our most populated area along with striker <laughs> because it was just such a cursed position. The joke was, yeah, it was whenever a player was linked with us that no one heard of, the joke was the first thing you asked was, can he play left back? Because um, <laughs> we just had a series of terrible players for so long. I think the one that jumps out for me here is uh, Edson Braffite, um, who was just abysmal for us, came with a reputation because he was, he was on loan from Bayern Munich, wasn't he? Yes. And I think he arrived on deadline day as well. So Same I think, day as Keane. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a lot of excitement about signing this player from Bayern Munich, but he was awful. And then my main, my main memory from him was obviously that handball, but <laughs> was the World Cup final um, when he cost the World Cup final for Holland. <laughs> And that, was, that was crazy. Like, I remember watching it in the pub because he'd been terrible for us. And I remember saying to my, turning to my pal and saying, like, we were joking, Edson Braffide's on the bench, etc. How how did he make it to a World Cup final? And then when he was coming on, I said, he, he's going to cost Holland the World Cup final here. I, I said that to my friend. He's, go, he's going to do something that costs him the World Cup final. And lo and behold, it was him who sold the goal, letting he asked them behind him and, and he, he fired home. So... I think he's a shout here for costing a World Cup final. Um, yeah. I don't think it gets more extreme than that. Um, I don't know what you guys mm. think here. Yeah, I've, I've Dan, Danny Fox. I think is a good shout purely for the fact that he would somehow manage to fit a Cruyff turn into every single match that he played. <laughs> uh, he, he was incredible. Just a, a, he was. I was for about six months. And he had like yeah. Scotland caps when he played for his. Yeah. Like, that was a pure bizarre time. I think- it was it was such a strange one. Yeah, like you see, he was here for six months, and then I think he had we had to go through like a traumatic process to get him to qualify for playing for Scotland. <laughs> had to find his his granny's birth certificate or something. Um, played two games and for Scotland it was just dreadful. I don't, what's he doing now? Someone quickly look him up. I'll go. I'll go and have a look then. I'm going to guess he'll be in English lower league somewhere. He's not yeah. in Forest, right? Nah. Start, yeah, that's right. I I, I remember watching the Nottingham Forest game. Earlier on in the season, and he played him. He was he was absolutely fine. Um, I I don't know if you can have Danny Fox. I, I always thought he was all right. Like it wasn't it wasn't the worst player in the world. That, like I don't know. We signed him for one point five million, and we sold him six months later for one point eight. Yeah, seems a grand profit. I can't say this. You don't even get on grand design, so that's pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, the, read the tweet out here, Hamish, the guy that sent in because. This Danny Fox. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I had a soft spot for Danny Fox. Had his name on the kit that came with the tartan shorts. Yeah, that's oh a dub- god, that's I a double that. whammy. And he, he sent me a tweet in after that saying that he had the number on the shorts and everything. Danny Fox's number on those tartan <laughs> shorts. <laughs> he, said, he also he also said he was only fifteen at the time. This is Stephen P. Eighteen eighty eight. But I thought yeah. that was a good double whammy of uh, choosing Danny Fox, but also admitting to having that tartan strap. <laughs> Yeah, Jerry Reid also tweeted as in he's recommending Badr El Kaduri. He's mm. saying he loved him because he made McGregor look like a a put clown. He used another word, <laughs> a four letter word beginning with C, um, with his terrible shot. That for me is just <laughs> yeah. what an incredible moment. Like it was the worst shot ever, and it yeah. somehow went in and, and just make the look in Alan McGregor's face. Uh, that that was a we lost that day, I think four two. But that was that was a funny moment of that season. That, that was yeah. brilliant. It was it was such a weird one as well, wasn't it? Like I don't I, it's another it's a it was a signing like Lasad or um Wacaso <laughs> and it's just these guys that come from Eastern European teams and you don't know anything about them, you think, ah, they'll be good, they play a couple of games, start off alright and then it just 
kind of goes from a hundred to zero within a, a space of fifteen minutes or something like that. He mm-hmm. he 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 only was it. I remember he played about a, a dozen games or something like that, like ten games or something for Celtic. He just I, I don't know. Like does he stand out for me enough that as a yeah. as a cult hero? I think the the one that I was I was going to was going to recommend was was Stephen Mahe. Um, yeah. There's there's two reasons behind it. I think the the whole I don't want to be a pure cliche, but the whole je ne sais quoi that he had going on with the French and the wee the wee beard and and all that kind of stuff. It, like he was never a great football player. Like I don't think anybody can can say that. Like he was he was brilliant. He he was as basic as they come. He was a real left back. Um, and the other reason was when round about the same time he signed. And I will, I will dig a picture out and I will put it on Twitter. He is the absolute spitting image of my dad when really? around about the same time. And there's, <laughs> there's a photograph of me and my three brothers with the um, the Celtic the strip with the umbro and the diamond, the big diamond. Yeah. And we're on holiday and my dad's standing at the back. And he, he, I, I honestly, every time I see, it, I think, oh, there's my me and my two brothers with Stephen Mahe. <laughs> It's phenomenal. I will dig it out. It's really good. But I always remember him, and it was slightly before. Like, I was just getting into football that time, and uh, I just remember him being like so basic, but so memorable. Yeah, he also was the player. Well, you got two red cards against Rangers, but he was. I'm sure he's the the player that got sent off by Hugh Dallas. He had a big tantrum after it and everything. Um, so we'll always remember him for that as well. Um, Who are we going for? Um. Well, you you like Mo Kamara here? Um, yeah, I, I suppose I've got to vote for Mo Kamara, seeing as I've I've gone from the overall thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't I, I don't have any disagreements with that. I always liked him for the comedy value and stuff like that, and I always thought he was a bit of character. Yeah, and there also we also had Stephen Crane around here, down here as well, um, but I always remember him because he played against he played for Scotland against the Faroe Islands or San Marino or something. The 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 game that they. Drew or something. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think it was Faroe Islands. Faroe Islands. He got absolutely torn apart by a school teacher. Um, <laughs> so I always remember him for that. But he's been on had, had to have a decent career, so maybe that's unfair. Mm. Fair, fair to say, he was taught a lesson. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Moving on. I'm um, that one out. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll stick more Kamara, and then if that's all right, then at left back, and yeah. we'll move on to to the, the centre midfielders I've got um, I don't I don't know I mean we've, we've had one in here from Bill Doe that's at Cajun Firefly on Twitter he said he loved Yeri Yarisik he definitely underachieved but maybe scored too many important goals to meet your criteria I don't know I'd probably tend to say Yarisik was, was too good to be yeah. to be part of that I would agree with that um, quite pretty pretty silky player for us I would say um, but also in the sense that he kind of never really achieved what many people thought he was potent- uh, capable of. So that kind of underachievement maybe qualifies him here. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I think he's got too much. He's got too much quality to to, to count here. Um, yeah. Who else do we have here? We've got Evander Snow. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give my mum a shout out for the podcast. Things I thought I'd never do. Um, okay. she, she absolutely loved Evander Snow for some reason. <laughs> um, she turned up to a game. I think it was it was an Inverness game, uh, probably about two thousand and five, probably December or January or February, one of the cold months. It was a Wednesday night, uh, and I remember her coming out of the game and 
the thing she just remembered from it was just Evander Snow. She said, "I think her words were he's just so graceful and lovely." Um, <laughs> just the way he, the way he went about with that that uh, ponytail, and he was well, uh, he was he was slow, he was ponderous, but he did some all right things. I think he was like a Dutch youngster, like a, a, a kind yeah, of youth, he was, Dutch he was highly player. tipped. Yeah, I think he, people thought he was going to be a bit of a player for us, but. He didn't show much uh, good grace when he fell over that ball at half-time during the warm-up. <laughs> uh, there's a video on that. I, put, I posted it on our Twitter. Um, you can also look for it on YouTube. Just um, just put it into YouTube, Evander Snow falling over a ball. Um, yeah, so he maybe qualifies for that, for the story with your mum and also falling over a ball is a good shout and also being a bit rubbish. Yeah, the, the other thing about him was, of course, he, he had a heart attack, didn't he? A couple of years yeah, after he left us. yeah. And I think he's he's gone on to to play after he suffered that heart attack. But yeah, that was that was a nice thing to hear. So people will have affection for him for that. Um, what about you, Paul? From this wee list we've got here. Yeah, the, that uh, snow. The, I had kind of written down in eleven and snow. Another one was was Mark Rosas. I think it's just he. I think he kind of epitomises the whole kind of criteria for cult hero. He was a bit crap. Played some games. And I think he, the Twitter thing with him um, make, make, makes him more memorable than yeah. some other ones. Um, I think I remember like the kind of early days of Twitter when there wasn't as many folk on it as there is now. And um, when we signed a new player, and we had to find out if it was a real if it was a real Twitter account, it was always Mark Rosas was the one to go to for some reason. Yeah. Um. I, I didn't quite get that, but anyway, he he's one of these guys that always. Tweets about Celtic still now all these years after they left and things like that, um, and then obviously had the, the the link up with the with the team was it the Mexican team or Santos uh, Laguna? Yeah, so he, he was there and he obviously kept that kind of link and I think he 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 gets the Celtic um, the way of life. Um, yeah, I, I quite like him being in there because he was never really that good. Obviously, came highly yeah. rated again, Barcelona and and this Spanish guy you don't know much about him he's a bit of class he seems alright and then nah he's, he's not really got it yeah, he was a player who carried himself uh, in his manners with, with dignity all the way through even when he was he was out of the first team he, he always stayed after games uh, signed autographs spent all his time with uh, with the fans he got the Celtic way I think I think he's a, a real kind of noble addition into this team uh, yeah. and that goal against St Mirren as well the yeah. streamer yeah, that's as a memorable goal. I was actually going to mention that. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I think Mark Crossas is a no-brainer here. I think he needs to be in this team. So Crossas and Snow, Crossas and Snow. Um, we've also got Efrain Juarez. People thought he was going to be a real player. I'm sure he scored in qualifiers for us. I think he scored against Utrecht or something. He did, that? yeah, that he right? did. Um, but he scored against Braga as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was that not his debut or his first goal or first one of his yes. first games for us? I think. Yeah. Um, and people thought he was going to be great, and then he had that weird falling out with the Mexico coach, um, and never really, never really settled at Celtic. So maybe he's a shout. Did, um, did he not have an advert as well, the same as, as Chad Uri? Oh, like, I don't I'm, know. I was a Mexican I, advert, and he, it was like for, I think it was a loaf of bread or something. <laughs> um, and Chicharito was in it as well. You need to see that. It's, it's, I remember it vividly. I've not players. seen that one. The only, the only other advert I remember from Celtic players is uh, Andy Hinkle's one. Um, with the German national team I don't know if you've seen that I don't think need I to have look, need to look that one up as well um, um, got, yeah I think he's he, that goal against uh, Shakhtar Donetsk I think that disqualifies him because that's such a memorable moment um, 
But more than that, he uh, maybe qualifies. I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I think maybe that goal disqualifies him here, but I'm happy to concede on yeah. that. He, I think if like he doesn't goal, disqualify he? him, he needs to be in his team because I love him. Um, mm. And he has th- a Celtic tattoo as well. I think he maybe have Donati above Snow. I don't know. Um, Possibly. He, I think yeah. that goal's too big. That's like a defining moment for a lot of Celtic fans. I suppose yeah. it is. Like, and he, like he's well known and he, not for being relatively bad or anything like that he's, he's remembered yeah. for big moments like in, in being a decent player yeah he, he wasn't a bad footballer he, he was an alright player I I wouldn't put him in I think he, he was too I think he's about the same level as Yeri Arisic I, I don't think uh, I'd have him in that team um, the, the other one I've got is Thomas Gravison uh, written down here I think there was certainly a few tweets in uh, saying about Thomas Gravison he was a player who did we sign him from Real Madrid and he, he just didn't quite do it for us I mean it was strange <laughs> yeah and he, he'd obviously had a big reputation from his time at Everton as well I think a lot of people thought he was going to be brilliant for us and was a kind of that time when we were going out to sign so-called blue chip signings um, uh, yeah I think he's a good shout here I, 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 something about something about Crossass and Snow for me sticks out to me as a kind of a good partnership here just for us yeah. personally with the, the wee stories we've told there yeah I, I, yeah. I think Gravison's hat trick against St Mirren uh, I mean, that was amazing like, <laughs> it was so weird that yeah, when he scored that I thought oh, here we go he's, he's, he's getting his, his form up and he, he's going to start doing stuff but it kind of never really materialised after that Yeah, um, he, he also scored in his old firm debut and I, I remember an absolute screamer against Falkirk I think a December game in his first season so I think Gravison was, was too good as well to be totally honest as much as he was a disappointment I think he was still a, a good enough level uh, will, will we go for, for the cr- snow, snow's ass will we call it that midfield partnership <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll move swiftly on to, to right midfielders we've got a second shout for Momo Sealer we couldn't get him in at right back but are we going to maybe chuck him in at right mid uh, no I don't know I, I like uh, well, uh, Ewan Davidson the guy who sent, sent in the request uh, his, one of his choices was uh, Koki Mizuno um, and it's <laughs> a good shout he started the game at uh, right, uh, right, mid, uh, right midfield that day um, against against Rangers, so maybe he's a good shout here, and also arrived with a kind of a lot of hype because that was when Nakamura was at his peak, and it was like we're getting another one from Japan. He's going to be the next Nakamura, etc. So he's a good shout here. Someone spit down Derek Boricter here. I don't know who that was. That, that was that was me. It was a late addition. Um, <laughs> what did you think behind that? Just I, I just I just felt sorry for him. I think it just like it just never worked out for him. He didn't fit in with the team and stuff like that. I just he also thought, never seemed like he wanted to be here, which was always annoyed me. Hmm. He seemed like one of these guys that always had some sort of injury, but you know you wouldn't really know what it is. And if you were seen him walking down the street, you wouldn't be able to notice it because it's oh, it's a, a muscle strain that I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he was at it slightly. Um, then he just wanted the, the lifestyle without actually having to play the game. But uh, it's, well, just, one, uh, oh, it's funny. Uh, it's just hilarious. Yeah, one that I've got here that isn't written down: Zheng Zhi. Hmm. The, the, the seems, here. Yeah. There seems to be an Asian theme to this. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get a reputation after this one. <laughs> um I think that's a good shout. I think that's a good shout. I quite like that one. Remember his debut at Ibrooks, he was brilliant. Yeah, and he also he scored at Tincastle, did he? Is yeah, right? Screamer, absolute yeah. screamer. Yeah. That's a good shout here. Mm. We've all, we also get Wakaso and Paddy McCourt and yeah. Steve Guppy, Reggie Blinker. Yeah, well, Reggie Blinker probably slots in on the left for me. I, I mean, Reggie Blinker <laughs> is famous, kind of almost a comedy figure for us. Um, partly because, and I don't, 
if you guys don't know this, I, I don't know if you do, but you do, Hamish. Um, but he was the player who was traded with Paolo Di Canio. Um, when Paolo Di Canio went down to England right. uh, to Sheffield Wednesday, Reggie Blinker was the, the player that came up in a so-called trade deal um, and was pretty abysmal for us for the most part. Famously scored that dreadful own goal against Aberdeen. If anyone that's listened to this doesn't remember that or, or hasn't seen that, go and look that up right now. Just an absolute horrendous one. And also has <laughs> the unfortunate distinction of being one of the only players to... Um, hit his own arse with a ball when he tried to take a <laughs> shot in the, the League Cup final in 1998 uh, against Dundee United uh, he went, the ball came across and he, I think he went to volley it or half volley it but he hit it right into the ground but because he was running onto it, kept going forward and his shot actually hit, hit his own arse so maybe, I think he gets left midfield here for me purely because of that Yeah, I've just I've just written his name down yeah, I've written his name down, John, because you've you've convinced me with that that wonderful uh, yeah. statement. I mean, hitting your yeah. own arse fair play. He's on um, right hand side. Uh, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? Paddy McCourt. I think Paddy McCourt. You can't. You can't. You have to have Paddy McCourt in this team. I, I don't think you can have a, a cult heroes team without Paddy McCourt. You can put him anywhere in any any position. I just think he has to be in the team. But is he may be too notable here? I don't know. Is he too good? Nah, no, 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 he no. wasn't that good. Oh, I liked him a lot. I don't, yeah. I don't get me wrong I, I liked him but like he got like I know he had the, the, the songs and everybody thought like he was underrated like he wasn't that great like let's let's, let's not like it's like me saying Ambrose is good like I know he's not that good but I just like saying it yeah. was that an admission that Ambrose is rubbish not rubbish <laughs> no, no no just not that good Okay. <laughs> Giving my dad another shout out. Um, I know. I know he listens to the podcast. I remember him the the, the PMFA song uh, for for years and years after it started. He always thought the lyrics were Paddy McCourt's "Green and White Army." He'd <laughs> be belting that out in the stadium, um, and I'm just like, Dad, please, please stop it um, because uh, the lyrics are probably not as kind as you would want to think. Um, a, a moment I, I remember for Paddy McCourt was was during the game he played at Ibrooks and it was the Samaras Sunday, and it was just after we scored the first goal and, and listeners are probably already know what it was but do you remember the ball right after we scored I think Mulgrew whips it in and no one's quite on to it but the ball kind of clears back I think it's maybe Whitaker from Rangers goes and gets the ball in the left in the left back <laughs> position and Paddy McCourt runs about 40 yards <laughs> sprints and puts in the strongest best tackle yeah. I have ever seen uh, there's a video on, on YouTube from the from the Celtic end and they're singing Lonesome Boatsman and the ball just comes across you just see Paddy McCourt honestly <laughs> flying in and it was just that was kind of those, those uh, unnotable moments where, where you that- just love players I think that got the biggest cheer of the day, even. It did. It, <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. it was amazing. It was, it's honestly amazing. He also, uh, yeah, he also dressed up as a middle finger <laughs> for a Celtic fancy dress party. Don't know if you've seen that photo kicking about Twitter, no. but it's during that time when Ledley and Hooper were all just posting pictures of these gatherings they had, and um, there's Paddy McCourt in the middle in the worst fancy dress costume you'll ever see. Uh, <laughs> I think he, he deserves to go and hear it. Uh, right midfield a little bit harsh in terms of bad Celtic players that we had the liking for but uh, yeah uh, yeah, I think he I think he qualifies cool I'll put Paddy McCourt in at right midfield then the fun bit strikers we've oh got God. about um, 
probably thanks to, to John Park. We've got about 25 names <laughs> written down here that we can we can run through. We've already touched on Amido Baldi and Timo Puki. Uh, Daryl Murphy, I just remember, uh, was it Sunderland we signed him from? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to say Sunderland we signed him from. I just remember chatting to a guy from Sunderland. He, he just told me it was the easiest million they ever got. Oh, like, yeah. I couldn't believe we offered a million for him. He's gone um, on to score about a million goals in the Championship. Um, yeah. Yeah. You also had that goal against United, but you're oh. right. You, you did arrive, and Sunderland fans thought you're rubbing their hands together. Mm. What about Ian Wright? Yeah, um, a strange time, <laughs> strange, <laughs> strange kind of signing, and also, I also just remember his kind of celebrations, <laughs> um, Chicken Tonight celebrations, and he used to do that Chicken Tonight advert, and also did one when that kind of dead fish celebration for us as well. You know where they just kind of, I'm sure he did that for us. So that's kind of why I put him in here. wasn't very good for us. He was well past his best, obviously. Um, so he's maybe a shirt here. But I don't think he takes any of these, these positions. I just wanted to shout out Ian Wright. Yeah. Yeah, um, Paul, Paul, that's PC Pritchard on Twitter. He's tweeted as in saying that uh, for some reason he really liked Lassad. He was mm. a wee bit gutted when he got released after one season. I loved Lassad. What about you, Paul? I loved I loved him mainly for the fact that his second, the second name was Nuiwi. Like I thought that's that amazing. Like, what, what is like? It's basically well, yes, yes, isn't it? It's like what, what kind of name is that? Like, it's just oh. like, I remember he signed, and I thought there's another one of these ones that like we don't know much about him, and then he comes in, you think starts off all right, and then turns out he's not very good. But I always had a wee bit of a soft spot for him as well. I always thought he got a bit of a, a, a rough ride um, and he, he could have he could have done better but I think looking at his career after he left Celtic he, I think we got off lightly by letting him go Other names I've got I've got down here I've got Marc-Antoine Fortuny John I think he's maybe slightly too good Do you think I mean he got slated that season he was the scapegoat that season I remember Yeah um, but I think we also got a profit on him despite signing him for f- 4 million mm. quid or something I'm sure we got a 200 <laughs> grand profit on him um, you're possibly right. I, I I always thought that he was just he, he was slated by the circus sports. So I thought I was always one of the only ones who thought he was any decent. But you're maybe right there. He's maybe a bit too good for this. Um, who else have we got here? Dion Dublin. Yeah, uh, so he's co- similar to, to Ian Wright, isn't Aye. he? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got Colin Chasm Richard. Um, <laughs> I've not actually. I've not got the. the, the guy who sent in the tweet apologies um, but he says it's always had a soft spot for that jobber <laughs> uh, fair enough um, uh, Kieran Campbell now for you guys who are going to now abuse him on Twitter it's at oh. Kieran underscore Campbell sorry he's, he's brought up <laughs> I'm just um, reading this now no yeah, he's brought up Kenny Miller oh. um, he's saying he's definitely emphasised on the loved word Kenny Miller his goal and celebration against them had 10 year old me wetting um, I've kind of got a wee Agreement uh, with Kieran here. No. That goal, that goal, no, no, that goal was no. amazing. No, at, at the time, that no. goal was amazing. Like he hadn't scored, and his first goal came against them. No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no I, I, I'm not having that. It's, 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 it's no. Nah, it's just you can't. There's no chance. <laughs> yeah, he, he certainly scored a few goals uh, against us at Celtic Park as well. Another man who also did that. See that for a link was uh, Joe mm. Ingeberget. Yeah, he broke my heart when he scored for them that night. So. Um, he doesn't get it, but he, yeah, he was a stra- That was another strange signing. A lot of strange signings we've had over the years. <laughs> another, another one who played against us. Another link, Mo Bangura, Paul. Oh God! Like, when did he the, play against us? I don't know. Uh, El- Elfsborg. Oh yeah, you're Jesus. 
Like yeah. he 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 he's an, another one of these awful signings. And w- w- was was it him that there was the we, we got the wrong brother or something like that? That, that was a rumour anyway. <laughs> I don't think they were brothers, I think they just had the same name. Aye, uh, we got the wrong one. Like, that's that's I think that's something Rangers fans made up. I, that I, can't be I, right, I'm sure. I, I, surely. I love I love that as a conspiracy theory that we signed the wrong yeah. guy. Um but like no, he was he was another he was terrible. Like He's the worst player I've ever seen. <laughs> he's worse than Amido Balde by a distance, I would say. I, he, he's an he's awful, awful football player. Yeah, like, terrible. Um, I think I, I get the the whole cult hero thing around him with um, just how bad he was, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can include him in it. He's just he's just so awful. Right. What mm. about Martin Rasmussen here then? Hamish, thank you. Oh, liked him. I loved him. I absolutely oh, loved Martin no. Rasmussen. I remember his his debut. Uh, or was it his debut? I think it was. He scored uh, against Hamilton. Yeah, I remember Hamilton. His, goal, and yeah. I, I just thought he was. The word I always use is rugged. I thought he was rugged oh, and I thought he rugged. got himself in there and I thought he scored goals. He lacked pace, he lacked strength in some ways. Um, he's a poacher, he stuck isn't he? The, he stuck the ball in the net. Yeah, Duncan, Duncan, we call him I. Duncan, yeah. Jesus, all these memories coming back tonight. Um, yeah, good shit here. He also, had a, he also had a Lady Gaga song made for him. Um, <laughs> Did he? As, yeah, people what? used to do that. The rah, rah, Rasmussen. Kind of, oh, I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Uh, maybe he's a shout for that I don't know who I like here I think <sighs> I don't know This is we've got P- Pookie in at the moment yeah Pookie we need, so we need one more um, we could do a Ronnie Dial and pack the midfield <laughs> so what about Carlton Cole as well I was going to <laughs> Carlton Cole was another one that yeah, but I think he's just—he was just so god awful as well, wasn't he? See, simply just for that goal at Inverness last season. Yeah, and again, I dodge the listeners if they can't remember it. Go on YouTube, Inverness one Celtic three from last season. It is the worst goal you'll ever yeah. see. <laughs> um, it was—it was just. I think it just summed it up. Do you think Carlton Cole? Well, he's got—he's also oh. had that song as well. I know that some people hate that kind of patter, but. I kind of like these daft songs that pop up around players. Um, someone, Chris Henderson sent it in Tommy Johnson, but I think he disqualifies himself because he scored the title winning goal in Martin Neal's first season for the treble. He scored against St Mirren, I remember that vividly because right. I was right behind that. So I think that maybe disqualifies him. But Tommy Johnson was always a kind of strange one, kind of never an amazing player, but did a job for us. Um, so I've got fondness for him. Ah, about another one we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Magic Zuraski. Yeah, he, good. he too good. He, too good. Is, he is too good. But I, I always loved yeah. him, and he, there's a there's the hero status behind him as well. I get why he's, he probably is. He's too good. What about Miku? Well, he's part of the Barcelona team. I don't know if that's too illustrious for this. Um, that's a good shout, though. That's a I good do. shout. Hmm. I'll. Uh, I'll go with Kenny no I won't I'll go with Martin Rasmussen and I will go with Amido effing Baldi I want Amido Baldi here too but I think Paul wants Pookie maybe we no. should go for Baldi and Pookie because they were so amazing together yeah. such a comedy duo they go hand in hand what better attack and what better way to lead the attack of this outstanding Celtic team than to have Baldi and Pookie going up going for who can see the, who can score the highest amount of goals in a season <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, I can now reveal the grand old podcast Cult Heroes 11. <laughs> the goalkeeper, Lucas Zaluska. Right back, Chad Uri. Centre halves, Jos Hoyvold and Effie Ambrose. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Left back, Mo Kamara. Just, just calm and collected. Beautiful. <laughs> A midfield four of Paddy McCourt. Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, yeah, um, Evander Mark. Snow, yeah, just grace and poise, I think, as your mum said. Yes, uh, Mark Crozas, fans' favourite, Reggie Blinker, just can do things with the ball that no one else has ever seen before. <laughs> and up top, we've got Amido Baldi. Oh yeah, a Baldi. Well, you can't say Amido Baldi without saying Pookie in the same sentence. So we've got Amido Baldi yeah. and Timo Pookie. They just go hand in hand. Classic mm. partnership. Sutton Shearer, Sutton Larson. Just magnificent. <laughs> Who's our captain? Effie Ambrose. Who's our manager? Yeah, uh, Joe Vingloss. That's the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. I'm, this I'm is science. We're, we're making science here. <laughs> and the only man that can lead us through this this wonderful time is a doctor. I think we can be led through this wonderful time in a bus. A dialer bus. <laughs> the dialer, Ronnie Dialer. But he won trophies, though. He won trophies. Aye, but he was he was chased out of town. Aye, don't, he has to be Vengloss, a guy who was a, like, a manager when, from for thirty years before we he joined Celtic. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just such a what a, what a story. Yeah. Manager oh, yeah. Joseph Vengloss. Doc, Dr. Joseph Vengloss. <laughs> Dr. Joseph yeah. Vengloss. Fantastic. You're going to make a wee graphic of this, John? And stick yeah, it well, I'm, going to, I'm going to have to now with the quality of this team. Uh, oh, unbelievable. And, yeah. and the question I was going to ask earlier on, where would that current team finish in the Scottish Premiership? I think they'd win the Champions League, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, this, this team could probably put up a title challenge, <laughs> um, if we're being serious here. Um, maybe not, actually. Bald, Baldy wouldn't... Yeah. Where, where do you think game is? Uh, I think um, they would. I think they'd be probably try to stave off the threat of relegation. Do you um, think probably so? where, probably where your average kind of I don't know Kilmarnock and Partick Thistle is right now because um, I mean, there are players that are still playing. Some of them like Effie Ambrose and Hoyville and uh, I think that's about it. But apart from that, I mean Baldy and Pookie would score for fun in this league. We've seen that in the past. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Um, yeah, no, fantastic. Do you what know what team? I like about this team is that they can all perform under pressure, and that's, that's <laughs> magic. Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, we're going to have to go back to to serious matters now, guys, because we've got a game on on <clears> Saturday <throat> that, that's in the Scottish Cup. Uh, calm yourself down, Paul, and try and tell us what's going to happen. Uh, is this the most important game of twenty seventeen so far? Oh, it has to be. I think um, the Scottish Cup games are the games that matter now. The league's won. Um, there's no doubts about that. We're not going to lose the rest of the league games, and the other two teams chasing us aren't going to win them all. So that's uh, you, you can just forget about that. We just want performances. Like it's all about the cup. We want to win the cup. We want to win the treble. Um, I don't think it, there's going to be a big issue uh, on Saturday. I think we'll we'll do Inverness quite comfortably. They're, they're not a very good team this year. They're probably, possibly going to go down if not face the the playoff, and we 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 done them quite handsomely. Uh, the last time we met was a four one, I think, was it? Um, uh, the four four now three now three now. It was it was one of the games. It was so run in the mill. It's it's kind of forgettable, but we we we're not going to face a huge challenge from them. They're signing like the same Billy Mackay back and. He, he he's couldn't do a job in the, the championship, so 
I don't I don't see the the issue with this game. I think it's as as run of the mill kind of fifth round cup games as they come. Yeah, it's a it's a Saturday twelve fifteen kickoff. It's a probably a bit a bit crappy for Inverness fans, John. Yeah. But I suppose we, we have to put up with when we go up there all the time. Yeah, that's true. But just for a Scottish Cup occasion, you want a team to bring a decent support and to kind of make it a bit of an occasion, um, bit of a you know a one off event. So I feel a wee bit sorry for them. It's not a run of the mill league game. It's a it's a high stakes cup match. So I th- yeah, a bit garbage. But that's that's the nature of uh, modern football in Scotland. I agree with Paul, I don't think we're going to have much trouble here, but I would also say uh, by far the most important game of the year so far um, in, in terms of the calendar year. Um, and I think we're going to take another step towards the treble. What's your prediction? 2-0. Uh, Paul? 3-0. I think 3-0 is got a nice kind of ring about it. I think it'll, I just trust this team. I think it'll be pretty simple. Uh I've said in the past about Inverness, they're the team I most associate with the Scottish Cup. They would probably worry me the most because I know what they can be like in these occasions but yeah. uh, I do think they're they're struggling a bit I think they got a bit of a, bit of a response at the weekend they were 2-0 down to Dundee got it back to 2-0 missed a penalty um, they could have won the game as well so they perhaps be fired up but they're probably not too bored if they go out the cup to be honest they can just yeah. focus on the league so uh, I think I think we'll get that 3-0 as I say uh, any sight news John? Uh, not much I've been really busy this week so it's been a struggle to get stuff together we, we did put out a call for people to do some guest writing for us going forward so we've had one or two replies to that uh, including a theoretical physicist so you might get Wonderful. some a, a classier form of article on the site uh, soon maybe explaining the, the black hole that Beaton leaves in the midfield um, <laughs> yeah that's a bit harsh um, but yeah, so we're, we're definitely looking for guest writers. So if you've ever wanted to write about Celtic, anything to do with Celtic in the past, the present, or you know, whenever, um, give us a shout and we can sort out getting you access to our website where you can put up articles and we'll we'll try and promote it as best we can. And I'm just shoveling away all the responsibility here, uh, Paul, because you can now talk a wee bit about your or our sports podcast. Yes, I so last week me and you um, embarked on a new podcast for. I don't know what for some stupid reason that we didn't have enough things on the go, but we thought, <laughs> um, as I said, I said last week, everyone listened. So basically, me, me and Hamish are doing a, a new podcast where we're kind of looking at the whole wider world of sport with not really much on football at all because football is covered so much that everything else needs to, to be brought to the fore. Like we talk about any and every sport, um, we'll be recording probably. At, it'll be Monday or tomorrow you listen to this but it'll be today that we'll be recording talking about the first weekend of the Six Nations we'll be talking about the the wonderful finish to the Davis Cup tie between uh, Great Britain and Canada and if you haven't seen that go and have a look at the video of the um, the Canadian boys scalping the the, the tennis ball right off the umpire's face it's absolutely brilliant Um, we'll we'll talk about the Super Bowl um, and the African Cup of Nations I know we said we don't really do football but it's a bit of something different and um, the new um, Nitro Athletics that has started it's a kind of Usain Bolt backed trying to get people to watch athletics and do different events it's like a, one of the ones that jumped out at me was an elimination mile thing where they do a lap of the, an athletics track and after 400 metres whoever's last drops out and it's basically <laughs> it's, it's mental so we will talk about all that kind of stuff so um, if you want to check us out we're on um, SoundCloud and, and iTunes and all that kind of stuff you follow us on Twitter um, at sideline underscore scoop 
what what I would say what I would say quickly is if you've made Paul care about rugby for a weekend, the least you can do is listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's just stay away from rugby as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) Uh, and I'll I'll move on and uh, just get a wee shout out for for the A Grand Old Team podcast. Uh, As always, if you're looking to set the agenda for future weeks, of course, we go off of uh, the opinions uh, of you guys and girls. We did the show tonight of often an opinion of a, a direct message we got on Twitter. You can send emails to podcast at com. You can leave comments or like the Facebook. It's facebook.com slash fritzagrandold. And you can, of course, get us on Twitter at fritzagrandold. And, of course, as I always say, if you've enjoyed the show and you don't mind leaving us a wee rating or a review on iTunes, please do so. That would be uh, greatly appreciated so we can yep. know how much... Uh, we have perhaps pissed you off over the last hour and a half or so. Thank you uh, to you for listening at home and uh, and keep sharing, please. Your, the fans, um, I don't want to call them fans at all. Um, <laughs> fans, just, yeah. we, we are we are fans. Yeah. Um, we're all fans, uh, and it's uh, it's going really well, and I'm loving every minute of it. To be honest, at the moment, thank you, John McGinley, for your expert opinion regarding uh, Timo Pukki. Yeah, yeah, no problem, and no worries, and uh, thank you, Paul Fisher. Uh, for for your your expert opinion on any number of players, Effie Ambrose probably the obvious one. Yeah, the captain of the Cult Eleven. We've yes. also got on record Paul saying that Effie Ambrose weren't very good, so we've achieved yeah. our aims today, Hamish. Yes, it's gone well. It's gone well. It's been a good podcast. We'll be back same time next week. All things being well. Take care. Have a good week. And hail hail. I've got another confession to make. Go!